0: What's up? This is the Sports Page Out Loud here on Aggie Radio. Thanks for joining us this morning for some Aggie Sports Talk. I'm Jaden. Obviously, I'm not Paige, but Paige will be here shortly. She is en route, and I think uh, we've all had that kind of morning before. But uh, she, she'll be here shortly, and then coming up at 11.30, none other than the Mountain West Conference Coach of the Year, Craig Smith, coming on to join us. We were able to talk to Coach Smith before the season, had a great conversation with him. Well, he's coming into studio again to talk about this season, this championship team, and uh, maybe a little bit of what they got brewing in the offseason and what Aggie Aggie fans can expect for next year. But uh, it's been a little while since we've had a show. Both Paige and I were down in Las Vegas for the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Paige was actually able to go out to Columbus as well. And so I'm excited to hear from her about her experience there. She's actually just walking in to the studio now. But what a fun couple of weeks it's been for Aggie fans. Of course, didn't end the way that they had hoped with a national championship. But a Mountain West Conference championship and an appearance in the NCAA tournament. Paige, welcome on in. You were able to go down to Columbus, I should say, out to Columbus, what was that like?
1: Well, first of all, I've never been to the Midwest. Also, thank you for <laughs> manning the show while I was running late. Um, I've never been to the Midwest. It's a lot like you'd expect, very flat. Um, but you would not believe the number of people in the streets in Columbus outside the nationwide arena. It was Incredible to see so many people from so many different schools supporting their teams, and then honestly, what I was most shocked about was how many Aggie fans we actually had there cheering on the team.
0: Um, Well, I mean, there was a bus full of fifty of them,
1: right? And people coming all the way from, from Logan, right? And people that live around Ohio. I mean. I guess everything's kind of a lot closer mm-hmm. there than over here where, I mean, Salt Lake, the next closest well, big city for college. Yeah, the I colleges. mean, if
0: you're in if you're in Chicago or if you're right. in Iowa or, or anywhere around there, mm-hmm. that's a pretty central location to a lot of places.
1: And we had Aggie fans from all of those places. My cousin, who graduated from here, and her husband um, drove down for the game. We were mm-hmm. able to see them, which was cool. I mean, family reunion, right? But they weren't the only ones. They brought like a whole group of seven other people with them, and so all of those groups that were coming from all these different places combined with the bus full of students that drove all that right. way. I can't even imagine. I mean, it, it was cool. <laughs> it was cool to hear that there was a lot of Aggies cheering when things went well, and I'm sure there were other people there pulling for us in the bracket, you know. Um, but, well, man, it was awesome.
0: I know that you were there, so you don't know what it sounded like on TV, but on TV it sounded like there were about ten times as many Aggie fans. Mm-hmm. as there were Washington fans. Uh, and it was really cool because they kept on flashing over, especially to that group that came out right. on the bus. And, you know, I know that both of us know quite a few of the people in that group. And so it was cool to see them out there. But uh, you could you could hear the Aggie fans in attendance. And it was, you know, obviously they lost the game. And maybe this is just us taking a consolation prize. But, but it was really cool. And it was a fun experience. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it got, I think, everyone really excited for potentially getting back there next year.
1: Right. Well, and the fact that, you know, the first half was ugly. That's one of the best words I can find to describe it. But, you know, that, fir- that chunk of the second half mm-hmm. where we started actually playing Aggie basketball again, that was the funnest part for me because the fans were feeling electric. I mean, they had that group of students that was up on their feet the entire game, but there were so many fans next to them that during that time decided to stand up as well. And, you know, that Aggie Blue is nice to see when you're so far away from home. <laughs> so, it was cool. Um, Like you said, it would be nice if they were still out playing, you know, on their way to the national championship. Mm. But I honestly can't say there's disappointment in the way that this season went or no, ended. No, I mean...
0: How could anybody be disappointed about a team that was... Picked eighth in the Mountain, picked ninth in the Mountain West right. Conference, and then ends up an eight seed in the NCAA tournament. Come on,
1: there is no room for disappointment. There. No,
0: it, it was a fun season, a special season,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and
1: uh, not uh, to mention, I mean, Coach Smith mentions this a lot: how they only returned a handful of players that were used to playing right. more than what is it, seven four, minutes? Four of, right?
0: There are four players that came back that really played meaningful time last season,
1: Mm-hmm. and. The rest of their roster has really stepped up. I mean, we had two of them on our show the last time we were here right. doing a show, right? Which seemed like forever ago, by the way. Um, yeah. I think that's been really cool to watch. Uh, one of those true underdog stories mm-hmm.
0: that
1: we can actually claim as an underdog story. So, I really loved it. Um,
0: well, the, it'll it'll just mean that the uh, the documentary that's made about this team will span over two years. Right. Because next year when they win the national championship and... You know, all exactly. that. It, it, it'll all those be other great things. Yeah. You know, it's funny because
1: I hear a lot of that on Twitter, too, you know, or or just in talking with diff- different fans at different um, stories that I've done since or that um, people mm-hmm. on Aggie TV have done. So many people are way more excited about next year than they are sad that this one's over.
0: Right. Well, right? And, there's, and there's plenty of reason to be you Look, mm-hmm. at, I mean, this is not – it's certainly not disrespect to a guy like Quinn Taylor. Right. Who – was fantastic for Utah State this year, and uh, had so many big games that Utah State may have not won without him. But and then uh, of course Dwayne Brown too, who uh-huh. who was kind of in and out of of the rotation and at moments played you know some really big time for Utah State. It's not disrespect to them, but it's hard not to be excited when you realize you know Nunez is going right? to come back. He'll have a full off season of Division One Mountain West Conference basketball training you know right you, you'll have sam merrill back the player of the year for his senior year you'll have coach smith back uh, i'm so excited to hear from him here at 11:30. uh but there you know there's no end to reasons that, that you should be excited for next year if you're an aggie fan
1: right and i think again just on the quinn taylor note of course there's no disrespect to him because i mean coach has talked about and nimi has talked about how much quinn has been a part of mm-hmm his development as a player. And with the chemistry of this team, I don't doubt that Dwayne Brown Jr. has been that same type of influence for those that are younger than him. So um, nothing but respect for those guys. Like you said, there were moments for both of them when they were really key. And that's not even to go about the things that we don't see on the court, right? Right. I mean, I was lucky enough at one of the uh, Mountain West tournament games to sit right behind the Aggie bench. I don't really know how I got that spot (laughs) in the, you know, how they set up the seating chart. But it was really cool because I got to see an up close and personal kind of force to focus on how the team interacts with each mm-hmm. other and how the coaches interact. First of all, felt like I was taking a master class in coaching because I was like right behind Coach <laughs> Smith, and it was so cool. But also being able to see how, regardless of whether they were on the court or not, that team really does care about the team as a whole. Right. Um. Or at least they're <clears throat> really good at pretending. I don't know. I mean, I'm sold. If
0: well, I'm, anything and, else. and you look you look at a, at a guy like Quinn Taylor and. We saw what he was the first three years of his Utah State experience. He's been here forever. He's been here since Stu Morrill played here. Or since Stu Morrill coached here. He's
1: had three Uh, different coaches. Three different coaches. Doesn't Coach Smith call him, like, Grandpa Taylor? Yeah.
0: (laughs) So we've seen a lot of Quinn Taylor Mm -hmm. throughout his career. And and we've seen him be a good player, you know, a solid player for Utah State. This year he really took the next step. And while that is definitely a a big part because of him being willing to to put in the work and being willing to, to make that happen, I think a lot of it goes to this new coaching staff getting the most out of their players, which right. they did with so many guys this year. You look at, I mean, they're turning walk ons into game winning hitter, game, game shot, game shot, win, game shot. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to stars. I right. mean, and so Quinn Taylor, I think, is just another example of that. And it's not to discredit him as a player or anything like that. I just think that this coaching staff really squeezed out every little bit they could get from him and there's no reason to think that with some of these new players they got coming in and, and one of the things I'm really excited to ask Coach Smith about is, is these new recruits we've seen um, you know Liam McChesney we've seen uh, uh Barstow Cam Barstow no Cam Barstow's little brother can't think of his first name <laughs> uh, and, and I'm excited to hear what he has to say about them but there's a lot of talent coming into this program and, and while we hear about the departures of, of now Crew Ainge has transferred um along with uh with Tarion Knight has transferred those are things you don't like to see you know no aggie fan is hoping to see players leave in the off season but i'd, I'd be really surprised if coach smith doesn't bring in some guys that are going to going to take us take t- take utah state to the next level kind of even without those, those guys holes, right yeah.
1: yeah um that's interesting i mean maybe i've been consumed with other things <laughs> which i have but um crew and Tarion knight that's um so interesting right because those are names that we hear more from players talking about you know off the court I mm-hmm. mean crew did I, if I remember right he had some significant playing time he last started year, right? yeah, and he, then, well and this and this, and this year, year too year he started, started for
0: the first half of the season or so at, at point guard and really put in a lot of big minutes and and helped Utah State in some of those wins they had in the preseason now Obviously things things changed and he didn't really play at all the second half of the season. Um but yeah, you like yeah. like you said, off the court you hear you hear all these guys talking about how tight this, this group is as a team and it's gonna hurt them to, to lose both of these guys regardless of mm-hmm. you know, their impact on the court. Now the question is what does Coach Smith do to replace them and, and to take the next step forward?
1: Yeah, how do you kind of make up for that loss if we can call it that um it'll be really interesting to ask him about that for sure i always get excited about new recruits coming in um (laughs) mostly because of the same reason we were kind of excited or nervous i don't know because of this team going into it right there was so much we didn't know about this team at the beginning of the year and now so much we do know that Mm -hmm. it's even more exciting to me about the little unknowns that come up um I'm also really excited to ask Coach Smith a bunch of things. Um, it's kind of fun that we got him before the season yeah. or, you know, during, I think it was right after Spectrum, or what's it called, uh, Aggie Madness when they do the scrimmage.
0: Yeah, that's right, it was.
1: And then now to have gone the whole season and kind of get to do a checkup and see, <laughs> you know, where he's at and how everything's going. I know you and I have talked to him in different post-game press conferences and things like that. But, um, yeah, so stay tuned. 11.30, Coach is coming in. And... um He's going to be able to talk to us about all these things we have questions about. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm honestly just really excited, mostly because I want to congratulate him on this wow. season, too, because no one expected this from this coach. I mean, I, I know we'll probably talk about it when he gets here, but to get Coach of the Year and to be um, one of the coaches in the nation that has the most winning or the highest winning streak as a first-year coach. For
0: sure. For that's,
1: sure. that's huge. And that it happened at our little utah state it just it feels like we're not so little anymore and that we're back on the map and as a fan as a student here i mean what more could i ask for but i know that it means a lot to those players too to finally get that some of that recognition that they feel they've deserved for a while um can we talk about just in general for football and basketball what a year this has been i mean uh,
0: i think yeah i think i think that you know every aggie fan is pretty pretty well aware of how how incredible the combination of those two sports has been this season but it, when you when you really just break it down and you look even closer at the fact that between these two teams you got 39 wins that's crazy
1: we're one of only what four schools in the nation that can say that
0: yeah it, it's it's really pretty remarkable um that it seems like i i remember uh for the last decade or so there's kind of been this uh i don't know what to call it i, I guess like a, a myth it but it was true though that that when aggie basketball does really well aggie football does very poorly yeah, we're because, one or that's, the other, right? because that's how it was for so many decades mm-hmm. and then right once aggie uh football started to get good you saw aggie basketball digress and get worse and worse and then they kind of had a year or two where they were both right in the middle and now They've both elevated, and now you've got a nationally ranked football team, a nationally ranked basketball team, and it's it's. I mean, I never thought I'd see the day, to be honest.
1: Right. I mean, and that that day happens to be our senior year. I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying we have anything to do with with it, but I'm not saying now they we might don't. be in
0: trouble next year without us. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted
1: we'll to come back and cover a few games just <laughs> to keep the connection there. Um, it's special. I mean, that's again. There's there's like one word I can think of and. That, that's it special to describe how this has been. Um, and also to see that, like we talked about with basketball and the recruits, um, thank goodness we don't have to worry about another coaching change. Um, but with football, we do have that coaching change that is kind of up in the air, but a lot of people are really excited about not quite as much of an unknown as coach Smith was because very familiar face here in Logan. Um, but again, what a cool year to be an Aggie fan. And to be able to be a part of, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try, and,
0: I'm gonna try and find this number. Um, I, I was looking this up the other day. So, if, with all of the incredible years that Utah State had in in the Stu Morrill era of basketball, uh, I would have thought just off the top of my head, and I've been following this program for years.
1: Yeah, you're, you're an Aggie fan through and through.
0: Yeah. Right. It still, it still caught me by by surprise a little bit that. There really haven't been very many nationally ranked Utah State basketball teams, um, and I apologize. I'm, I'm I'm looking for this number. No, that's I, thi- okay. I that's okay. That's surprising
1: had, for me too. Yeah.
0: Since I believe it's since 2001, this was only the fourth team to be ranked in the top 25. Which you think about, you know, all of the right JC Carroll years and and how how dominant Utah State was for all that time in the whack. In the Big West, it just shows how little respect they received in those conferences. You know, even years that they would post 27 wins or so, um, that they weren't necessarily getting into the national polls. Oh, okay, I've got it here. So since, uh, yeah, so they were nationally ranked in 2011 for most of the season, for 2009 for four weeks, in 2004 for about half the season. And before that, 1971- what? So since 1971, they've been in the national rankings four times. Right now is one of those times. See, it's it's I, I guess four four seasons that they have had mm-hmm. time spent in the AP top 25.
1: That's mind-boggling to me because it I was think really
0: that surprising to me as well to hear that. All
1: those teams that I've heard about just in my lifetime, right, and that's '94 and on, right. And you think that, and I guess it's from growing up in Utah. You know, they were they were such a big deal here, but. Um, Wow. So seventy one and then from then till two thousand one there was not another ranking. Is that what you're saying?
0: yeah so And then well, from then on from, from seven yeah so from seventy one till now there have only been four teams. That, wow that have cracked the top twenty five. And mm-hmm. I mean again I guess it just goes back to you look at J C Carroll, he played so he played from two thousand four to two thousand and eight. He was only on one nationally ranked team which just seems insane. It
1: does, yeah.
0: Um, maybe that's, you know, given, you know, in 2004 I was in fourth grade, so how much attention was I really paying to Utah State basketball, even though I grew up in the Valley right. and grew up watching the Aggies. Um, but the fact that you can, I mean, there's, there's a quantifiable way to point at this year's team and say, look, this is not only like a really special team and a really fun team to watch and a team that we saw making an incredible turnaround. This is legitimately one of the greatest Aggie teams that they've ever had.
1: Yeah, historical. someday will be called. Now, know.
0: obviously, you know they had the first round exit, and I think I think a first round win would have put them right up there. Oh at, yeah, at, at, you know as one of the very top Aggie teams of all time. They weren't able to get that first-round win. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've never had an eight seed in the tournament. They've never had a, right. an eight or higher seed.
1: Well, and, you know, I said there's nothing disappointing about this season to me at all. There is a little bit of heart-wrenching, I think. Sure. Um, and that's because of how excited we got, right? And that's how because of how much this team kind of drew us all in. And that's, I think, for two reasons, right? Because they did win. They did do so well. But also because of, I mean, you look at them just on, like, the cover of their book right is not I mean you wouldn't think this is a eighth seed team in the NCAA tournament right. and that's what I love so much about this team I mean there's there's some height some athleticism you can see but for the most part they kind of just look like a bunch of guys that just got together <laughs> it's you like know a, like, a like a pickup team yeah. exactly like a pickup team and but then you see them on the court and you see that they play with the same level of intensity and uh, athleticism as any of those teams out there. Right.
0: Yeah. It looks like a pickup team that found a ringer in Nemia's case. Right? Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and I love that. I love that. There's so much, um, I don't know, like camaraderie, I guess is that you can call it that they, yeah. they just play well together and it doesn't really matter what they are like individually. And for so long, I feel like in this program, and by so long, I mean the years that I've been here. So maybe not that long, Mm -hmm. right? But it's been one person that shines and the rest of them follow. And, of course, we do have a lot of stars on this team, don't get me wrong. But when you watch them on the court, other than, you know, the little celebrations you see from Nimi afterward, it's a team effort. That's what it seems like. I mean, you can even see it in a lot of the games in the point distribution and things like that. Um, Of course, Sam is always going to be putting up a lot of points. We know that. But even then, it's a team thing, and that's been really cool to watch. And I think, I mean, and all the athletes will say this, it's not about one athlete, and that's why they've had this success. And as cliche as that is, that's honestly, I feel like, the reason why they've had that success in the long run, not just the win-by-win, but because that's the only way to do it especially with a team like this i mean you can have you can have the teams that have the stars that take you really far right but this team has a lot of individual players really working hard um anyways i can't say that enough i just think it's so cool that they all look really average but together it just i mean it's a miracle it's well, historical and,
0: yeah and all of the you know all of the success and all of you know winning a conference championship and in regular season and in the postseason and going to the tournament, all that success aside, I think that this would have been a really fun team to watch just because of, just because of the makeup of the team and because of how, how close they clearly are and because of obviously having a coach like Craig Smith, who's so energetic, so excited all the time.
1: Entertaining in and of itself. Yeah. Uh So,
0: I mean, I mean, you would have, I think that you would have had a lot of fun watching this team, even without all the success they had, but then the success is a cherry on top. Right. Um, and, it, you know, it's It's funny because we talk about that they're picked ninth in the preseason poll, finish top in the Mountain West Conference, finish top 25 in the nation. Well, that's the same story that we just saw in the fall with right? the football team.
1: Exactly. It's almost he- heading
0: like into, yeah. deja vu. Heading, right? into, heading into football season, I mean, it feels like it was forever ago, but it was a three and nine team coming in, picked four. Fourth in their own division, which, I mean, I guess if you average that out, that's around eighth or ninth in, in, in the conference. Uh, and then winning a regular season title, obviously, they weren't able to win the conference championship. But it, it's like it was almost a deja vu watching totally. the basketball team mm-hmm. overshoot every expectation they had because that's exactly what we saw the football team do. They climb, you know, as high as 16th. I think 14th in the national polls. They got Uh as high as 14th in the national polls.
1: Yeah. And I don't know, just to be a part of it, like I said, even though it's not like we can say we were in any of the jerseys, you know, playing, but to be, you know, a spectator or a reporter for those things, I mean, pretty historical that we get to be a part of it too. I don't know. It's just, I'm kind of on cloud nine still, just thinking about all these things that have happened this year. Um, Especially in knowing, you know, the little struggles that, Led in seasons before that, you know, we see players like Kobe McEwen come in, and people love him, but then he transfers and also gets a first round out in the tournament to a pretty bad loss. Well, he didn't play. (laughs) Well, right. (laughs) Because that's what always happens when they transfer from a school like this. We know how that works, right?
0: Marquette's going to be just fine. Kobe's going to be just fine. Mm
1: -hmm. But, you know, we see things like that, little things where, you know, people leave and we're a little disheartened. And then we kind of have Coach Smith where – Not kind of. I mean, he comes in, and it's interesting because when he was with us on the show last time, he talked about Magic Johnson, and um, it was actually one of the questions for question golf that he spent way too long on. (laughs) Um, But he talks about Magic Johnson and how he just seems like the type of guy that after being around him, you can't help but leave in a better mood. And it's funny because as I've worked with Coach Smith and interviewed him and talked with him about different things and seen him at the games, just observing how he coaches – He's that same type of person, right? I mean, right. I feel like I can't even talk about Coach Smith without being put in a better mood because of the type of person that he is and the type of person he tries to be for other people well, around Well, just, him.
0: A, just a story to tell. That, yes, please. That will tell you about Coach Smith mm-hmm. and, and everything you need to know about him. So after Utah State wins the Mountain West Conference title, their goal for the whole season, such a big deal. Obviously, you know, we we all know the weight of winning a Mountain West Conference title.
1: Especially for this team, right? Especially
0: for this team. He celebrates, cuts down the net, has probably five or six on court interviews, you know, everyone wants to talk to him. He's the man of the hour, a million photos taken, cuts down the nets, goes to the locker room, gets soaked with water bottles, gives his team a speech, his voice is nearly gone. Goes and sits in a press conference for about 20, 30 minutes, ask, answering stupid questions from stupid reporters. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to throw myself in that. Yeah, I'm, um, we're a part
1: of it, right? We know. You that. know, in, mm-hmm.
0: in probably all he wants to do at this point is go celebrate with his family and with his team, and and, and you know, be able to just soak it all in. He got done with his press conference and uh, saw one of the reporters up, just trying to get a photo of. the the championship trophy and instead of uh you know just letting that happen and and trying to get on his way he had a flight to catch had to get out of there he says hey you want to hold it get a photo with it and then uh gets in the photo and then stands there for the next five or six minutes just taking photos with people holding the trophy right he held your baby
1: he held my baby guys i'm gonna tweet out that picture again and and, and he's literally
0: he's still soaked in water he's Mm -hmm. he's being rushed out of there by the sports information department trying to get him on a plane Right. and uh, he's just such a genuine guy that he wasn't going to leave without every single person there who had covered the team all season long who had been right there every step of the way getting a photo with him and with the trophy and, and having that opportunity and uh, it's something I'm never going to forget.
1: Right. And the fact that he turned around, not only with that one reporter, right, that he turned around and announced to the and rest of the room, hey, who else And, wants and he literally called
0: a few reporters out that were just sitting there, you know, weren't going to be a part of it, didn't want to put him right. through the trouble. He said, come on in here. Come on. Mm-hmm. Called him by name and said, let's get a photo.
1: Right. and It's cool. It is. It makes you feel like what you're doing means a lot to him. Um, and that's that's our hope, right? I mean... Sometimes you got to cover the hard stories that maybe are going to not be as easy. But the main hope in doing what we do is that it's going to shed light on the people who deserve it. It's going to bring praise to those who deserve that praise. And, um, yeah, what a guy. I'm really excited (laughs) to have him on here. I do want to ask, though, Jaden, so you've been, we thought that you were going to be done with your crazy schedule. (laughs) And then the past (laughs) week or so, you've been to California and Texas for the Women's Basketball Invitational it was um, a wild few weeks. Yeah, um, I'm not going to even ask about your grades in your classes right now because I don't know <laughs> if you've ever been to your yeah, classes. Yeah, we, we in should the probably steer moment, away so. from that
0: subject. <laughs> but I do
1: want to ask. Um, after the women's basketball team was out in the second game, yeah, I mean they were they were heartbroken. I remember talking to Eliza after the game, and she was so sad that she couldn't have finished it differently for the seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go. To, <laughs> excuse me. They get invited to uh, the women's basketball invitational. And win their first game in UC, against UC Riverside. So mm-hmm. um, c- let's talk a little bit about this team. One thing I do want to say, um, and I think deserves to be talked about, even though it may seem small, Marlene Animosu.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How did I do with her last name? No, Is it? That's pretty good. That's Thank pretty you. Good. <laughs> um, she struggled a lot during the year. That was one of the players that, at the very beginning, um, the Aussies, when they were here, they were telling us to look out for Marlene. She's fun to watch. She's really athletic. And she kind of struggled to be that for a really long time. Um, but in the first game of the Mountain West tournament, she had a really awesome game. Um, and it may not look like it as much on the um, stat sheet, right? But she still scored more than she had before and had some really key plays. Um, just I just like talking about this team at the end because... You know, they struggled a lot. They had a few ugly games in there where they seemed to a little bit fall apart. Mm-hmm. But this first game in the Mountain West Conference Tournament looked like they finally got to be where they were wanting to be. Um, so tell me a little bit about the women's Basketball Invitational, what you saw from this team maybe that was noteworthy.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the season on a whole, and it was filled with a lot of highs and a lot of really brilliant moments. And, and moments where you went, "This this team could do some – serious damage if they if they kept this up consistently and then some really low lows, you know, losing to teams they never should have lost to and um, unfortunately for the Aggies, that's that's kind of that's exactly how the Mountain West Conference tournament played out and then the WBI, the Women's Basketball Invitational played out. The first game, really really solid play, looked looked good all the way through, kind of a team win. Of course, uh, you, you talked about it, they they went in the first round against Colorado State, losing the second round against Wyoming. In, in, uh, the WBI, the same kind of thing, mm-hmm. beat UC Riverside and then lost to North Texas. And it, it was not a pretty game that they finished the season on. And it's not how they envisioned the season ending by any means. Um, but you look at the team as a whole and they doubled their Mountain West conference win total from last season. They well over doubled their, their total wins seven to 17. And, uh. They bring just about everybody back outside of a couple of – a lot like the men's team. Which, a couple of very key – I mean, mm-hmm. important players, but only two of them. And I think that they're going to recover, and they're going to have another special year next year. So, yeah.
1: The potential there is what I always go back to. Um, love this team. We, I've talked about them a ton. I love the women's basketball team this year. We're going to go to a break, and then um, when we're back, Coach Smith is going to join us here in the studio so keep staying um keep tuning in i don't know what i was trying to say there um but before we go i do want to tell you about logan city limits is coming up april 4th through the 6th it starts at 7 p.m um at the cash y found why sorry at the cash on thursday friday at y sound and saturday in the tsc lounges, lounges. There's
0: some great bands playing i'm especially saturday a party right the strike will be here motion coaster shua taylor it, it's a it's a killer lineup Hop on to LoganCityLimits.usu.edu if you want to see the full schedule.
1: All right, and that's at 7 p.m., again, April 4th through the 6th, put on by Aggie Radio. Thank you for listening. This is the Sports Page Out Loud. We'll be back in just a little bit. This is Aggie Radio, 92.3 FM, KBLULP, Logan, Utah. All right, welcome back to the Sports Page Out Loud. I am Paige Zamora, sports page ninety four on Twitter you can find me and Jaden Johnson is here with me. As always, this show would not happen without him. You can find him on Twitter at Jaden Johnson Zero. still looking for the original. Not the original. The Jaden Johnson that doesn't use the Twitter handle, Jaden Johnson. The, the
0: tool that signed up with my handles like back in two thousand seven and never tweets with it.
1: Never even tweets with it. Yeah,
0: I need to chase him down.
1: So Coach Smith just got done with a podcast in his office down by the Spectrum. So we are just waiting for him to just.
0: I I know it's hard to imagine. Yeah, it's hard to imagine, but he talks a lot. Right. (laughs) And I I guess they went over with that, but he'll he'll be here soon. We're we're watching for him to come sprinting down the hallway. Mm -hmm. Probably come in here super winded, Um,
1: voice and all, right? (laughs) With probably his fourth coffee of the day already, because they say he loves it. Um let us know if you have any questions for coach. I mean, you're free to text them in as well as tweet them at us. We just told you our Twitter handles. You can also um tweet at Aggie Radio
0: or text um, into the studio 43579 radio.
1: 43579 radio. So just send us your questions. I mean, probably not too many cuz one question, question help, takes yeah. about 20 minutes My for have coach. My time
0: for about a question or two. Right. Let's
1: um, I'm really excited to have him here. One of the things, like we were just talking about, we're going to ask him about recruits, the different faces that we're going to be seeing. Um, I also want to ask him about his plans for the next while. I know that they don't get a whole, whole lot of time off. Thank goodness, right, because that's how we get teams that are as good as the one that we saw this year. But um, maybe he has some things that he likes doing outside of it. He did tell us about razor rides that that's, he's crazy that true. about. That's yes. So, he's in the right place
0: for that. Yeah,
1: we'll have to... We'll have to ask him about that, too. Um, You know, I did want to mention this. I'm glad that we have this time, actually, because I I told you about what I got to sit behind um, the coaching, you know, the Utah State bench down in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny because you notice that there's, like, a personality for the whole coaching staff, that they all kind of have their – I mean, of course, each of them has their own individual roles, right? Um, First of all, half of them are bald, like from behind you see them and they kind of look the same, you know, shiny heads. But they all have that same type of um, mentality that Coach Smith has. And it's interesting to watch as they all kind of, they act the same way, they react the same way. But And some of them, honestly, some of them look as young as the players on the team, but they have this way they carry themselves. And I don't know, I think it's cool that the whole coaching staff together um, really works as just like one cog in this big, um, what do you call those? Gadget? I don't know. I don't remember the word. Machine. Machine. I Machine. <laughs> oh,
0: my <God. laughs>
1: I'm thoroughly embarrassed that I couldn't even think of that word. But, um, which I guess that's a reflection, or that's why the team is a reflection of that same type of mentality. Um, what well, I want to ask you, Jaden, how is your bracket?
0: How's my bracket? Well, Nobody wants to hear about my bracket.
1: (laughs) Twitter Uh, hears about it a lot, though. My
0: my bracket was uh, very good for the first day. (laughs) 16 of 16 on the first day. Right? (laughs) Not so much after that. Looks like Coach Smith is coming on in now. And uh, excited to hear from him. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome in the head coach of the Utah State Aggies, the Mountain West Conference Coach of the Year, Mountain West Conference Champion Coach, Craig Smith.
2: Uh, and right on time. Right exactly. On time. Uh, sorry about that. It's one of, okay. one of those days, but I got my voice back, so that's always a good yeah, thing. You still have your breath after, yeah, after yeah, hurrying exactly. up here. I'm in good shape three miles a day. <laughs> I, can, I can go. That's one good thing about the season. I run off my stress level. Well, that's good. So, yeah, I can do that.
1: You know, Jaden's really glad you came in when you did because I just asked him about his bracket, and he says it's <laughs> doing very poorly, so thank you for changing the subject. Um, coach, we're that's so excited timing. to have you here in the studio. Mm. We... I mean, we've been talking about you, we talked with you right after the scrimmage game at the beginning of the season, and we haven't stopped talking about you since. (laughs) No one in the Valley, it seems, has. I mean, every time I do an interview with an Aggie fan somewhere, they talk about how much they love watching you coach, how much they love it when you crowd surf. (laughs) You have taken the heart of Cash Valley, it seems, and just not only captured it, and that you own it now, but you've, like, doubled it in size, I feel like. So... Tell me, what's it like to be like that man that like stole our hearts?
2: <laughs> How does that feel? That's the first time I've ever been accused of stealing someone's heart. <laughs> um, but um, you know, it's just been an amazing journey. Uh, it doesn't seem that long ago when we were in here, right. you know, before the no. season started or whatever it was. And it's been such a magical year. And quite frankly, it's just, you just don't want it to end. You know, and it's hard to believe. Basically, a year ago on Monday was my first day right. at Utah State, and um, just so many great things have happened. Uh, and I, I said at that time, like the community's just really embraced our family, and that matters. Like when when mom was happy, when mom was happy, look everyone they're taking a picture. Um, when mom was happy, everybody's happy, right? And my kids have really adjusted very, very well, and and that that means so much as a as a as a husband and a father and when you can have balance like that and then you come in and you know what really drew me to this position was the was the was the herd and the fans and just that tradition the awesome and the, radio the, shows the, yes the radio shows <laughs> and, and the it's spectrum magic and all that kind of stuff Right. And, and so i'm a history major and so where you were where you are where you're going and it was easy to see where we were in the past, and if you build it, they will come type of thing, and so, you know, as if if I
1: couldn't love you more, you just quoted my favorite movie, yes,
2: (laughs) thank you, thank you for that, (laughs) Um, but here's another one from Shawshank, like, uh, uh, get busy living or get busy dying, right, Right. and so when you, especially when you take over a a new position, I had a, uh, um, we had a good thing going at South Dakota, we were very, very good, we were 48, and whatever um 18 or whatever it was in our last two years and we were turning a great team and so coming here you you got to really look at yourself in the mirror and say okay because you're kind of starting I don't want to say starting over but you really are for all intents and purposes as a coach especially as
1: a coaching staff yeah coach
2: coaching staff uh personal life but so are the so are the guys in your program they're starting all over like in in and I think that's what really got us going is we all just hit reset so Whatever may have been an issue in the past for them when I say them, for our guys as a person, as a player, it was an opportunity to start fresh. And and, and that's what we told them. I'm not sure what's happening in your path, but let's let's we're all in this together and no matter what um, we were identified as or you know, we had like one example, we'd only won two road games. And I say we, even though I wasn't here as the coach, right, it's still us. Like it's us. This mm-hmm. is our program, and we're all invested, and that's what we're known for. So let's go change that, right? And so, a lot of things fell into place, and it was a disappointing ending. Um, it always is. It kind of is like the finality of it. It's like, wow, it's over. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't go to practice tomorrow, and, and even though we're going to return a great nucleus, it's still going to be a different team. Like, you, you know, it, it's still going to be a different team, and we're going to have new guys. Some guys are gone. Uh, but then we're adding four or five new players, so it'll be a different dynamic, but certainly I'm really excited with where we're going.
1: Yeah, we are too. We were just talking about that, actually. Um, Jaden was talking about the recruits that he's heard about. Um, can you tell us about, I mean, what what you've been looking for, what you've found in these guys that you've already
2: Yeah, so going brought? into um, the season, uh, we... Sat on one scholar. You get thirteen scholarships in Division One, and you can't um, like in football. You can split them up, right? Or in some different sports, you can yeah. give a, you can give someone like a half a scholarship or a quarter. Or in men's and women's basketball and in a few other sports, it's it's either a full ride or nothing. So, um, you know, we had one guy go in, ineligible at semester time, so that freed up two. And certainly at semester time, um, we we uh, Abel Porter we gave a scholarship to, and Justin Bean we gave a scholarship to and then we graduate two seniors quinn taylor and Dwayne brown jr and so we in the early signing period we signed three guys and i can only talk about the the three guys by name because they signed their nlis but we signed um um a guy named Cade potter and Cade is from southern um, california he's got a lot of lineage in Mm -hmm. utah and um and Cade's a guy I think is going to be really, really good. He's like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, very, very skilled. Didn't start playing basketball until he was in eighth grade. Um, he's just so determined. He plays so hard. He's stuck. He's like 220 pounds. Um, so he's going to serve his mission. And so um, he graduated early so he could get rolling on that and get back here. So we'll see him in two years. But I think he's going to be a, a very good player for the Aggies. Um, and then we signed a guy named Alfonso Anderson, who Alfonso is a junior college transfer, who is about 6'7", 225. He's really stuck together, really skilled. Um, he, he's just totally different than what we have. So mm-hmm. I can't compare him to anybody right. you know, specifically, but very skilled, strong, can do a lot of different things. And then a young man named Liam Mc, McChesney, who's from Prince Rupert, uh, British Columbia. And so Liam's 6'10", 6'11". Um, really good shooter. Kind of, like I'm not saying he's, uh, he, his, if you had to say like somebody, he kind of plays like Kevin Durant a little bit okay. or like um, Kristen Perzinga is kind of a, that kind of a game. Mm-hmm. But again, very, very skilled, very versatile. And those three guys think that's the common denominator. They're, they're tough kids. They know how to win. Um, um, Alfonso's team won their junior college national title. Um, Liam's team lost the British Columbia uh, championship game so it's not I mean it's like the provincial mm. championship right it'd be like right. Utah State High School champion it'd be that kind of a deal so that matters like winning matters and understanding winning and so those three guys were super fired up about it. and then we also got a commitment a verbal commitment from a young man who I think is going to be very very good but I can't go into detail because I know who you're talking about yeah <laughs> so I can't yeah because he's fired up as well NLI. he's going to be a very good player as yeah. well cool. so, so we're still you know anticipate bringing in um, I would say one more, one more guy as well. So we're yeah, still kind of figuring out how we want to, what exactly we're looking for. I mean, we have an idea of what we're looking for, obviously, but mm-hmm. there's some different ways we go because we, we do have a lot of um, flexibility, so to speak, within our lineup. So, yeah. uh, but the key ingredient, you know, we had incredible chemistry this year, and, and so you know, losing Dwayne and 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 uh, Quinn, and then. Uh, a couple of other guys are, tra- are transferring out, Crew Ainge and Tarian Knight. So there's always a different dynamic, right? And every team right. kind of takes on its own, morphs into right. whatever um, you want to label it. And one of our biggest strengths, certainly this year, was our chemistry. And I think we had a great group of guys that our fans could get behind and back. <laughs> and, 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 and that's twofold. It's how you play, but it's also just the types of people they are. It's mm-hmm. easy to support someone that you feel like has good character. It's easy to support some um, players or a team that feels like has the idea or the identity of Cache Valley, you know, in the state of Utah Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So uh, I think that all comes into play. And then certainly it's easy to back a team that's really unselfish and that just plays really, really hard um, night in and night out. Uh, So, Coach, we – in the let's talk about body surfing again. <laughs> we can talk about I <laughs> was, about game. I was body trying surfing. to get up the, but like you know, obviously, but there I were no down people on the, the floor stands. Yeah, <laughs> so I forget, that. Derek. One of the guys, right, like, yeah. we all know Derek. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, just I like he lifted, and I didn't resist real hard, so, um, um, yeah. so that was a, a fun moment. Next time, yeah. we'll have to tell them to all stay up in the
0: stands so we right. can perform proper body surf, right? Yeah.
2: Yes, exactly. we well, let them know well, what your dream we actually need to get is. gain some steam when we're coming it's down. So like. maybe start at the top. It's and funny go. though. I woke up. Like, I went to bed really late last night, and then, um, and I texted a couple of our staff members because I suck with technology, and I was trying to <laughs> watch some film but not the normal way I watch films so I texted like three of their guys our, our staff members because I didn't know how to do it which doesn't shock them well one of our guys texted me at 4.30 in the morning how to do it <laughs> and then it followed up with all of these text messages of, of I think it, it must have been the Nevada game in San Diego State with our crowd and you know the I Believe chant and mm-hmm. you know this is the winning side chant and all and then they had it with the, the body surf thing so I hadn't seen those videos <laughs> since I recap yeah. the, the game in Nevada the day after. So that was a good way to wake I'm up in the morning. surprised you weren't still up till
0: 4.30 a.m. after that one. <laughs>
2: right? <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, I might have been on that one. But anyway.
0: Uh, um, so in the, in the landscape of college basketball, I think I saw the other day that there's something like 400 players that have already announced are transferring. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure that's going to climb more and more. And you see teams like Nevada that almost build their entire team off of transfers like that from other programs. Where do you try to strike the balance of bringing in, you know, young freshmen that, that have a lot of potential and, and bringing in guys that have proven themselves at, an, at the level already?
2: It's a great question. Um, you know, you're building a team, and most importantly, you're building a team. Right. And so you got to look at the talent piece. you got to look at um, position of need. Is there a certain hole you feel like in your lineup, whether it's like a point guard or two guard or three, four, five, whatever? Whatever. Um, Do we need more of a post-presence? Do you need more playmaking ability? Whatever it might be. And how are the younger guys in your program, well, all of your guys, but especially the younger guys, how are they progressing, right? Do we think they can provide an impact? And when I say impact, I'm saying I'm not talking like an all-league player. I'm just saying can they perform for us at the level that we need to to be at the standard that we want to be at, you're playing footsie with me over there. It <laughs> um, an and so, <laughs> and, uh, and so, like, it's interesting. Like, if you look at certain guys in our team, like you can look at guys like Brock Miller and Diogo Brito and Justin Bean and right. Abel Porter and go right down the line, and right. they just where they were um, a year ago today to where they are now, it's it they've come light it's lightning years, mm-hmm. right? Like. And so, uh, but we anticipated that could happen because we were so young and we were so inexperienced that, and you're hoping it works out, but you don't always know. Just the more experienced they gain, they should gain confidence. They should, the game should slow down and then be put in a position to succeed. And we were fortunate to be able to do that all in all. And so you got to really look at that and and balance out because it's a fine line. You're playing for next year. But yet you're building a program for four and five years from now, totally. Right. And you got it. You have to be able to do both, and that's the hardest um, part of 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 the job, quite frankly. Because I love that part of the job because not only do you get to coach, you get to be the GM. Mm-hmm. So you're you're building your team, and you see it all the time in sports, whether it's college basketball, whether it's uh, volleyball, whether it's the NFL, whether it's the NBA, like. Your concept, and then when, especially, you know, you're managing also here, like we have Stephen Ashworth right now is serving his, Right, he's on his first year of his mission. Mm-hmm. So you got to be even more diligent to think ahead. It's like the salary cap in football or basketball where you know in two years this guy's going to be a free agent. Right. You got to well, have a
0: long-term plan. Yeah.
2: So you got to be, you just got to be on top of it and organize and understand like what, you know, because... The transfer rate is at an all-time high, right. but that's been going on for five straight years sure. now. For for there to be over 400 guys already in the transfer port. I mean, it's just, I mean, there's, I would be shocked if there's not over 1,000 this year.
0: Right, which and is crazy so, to think about. It's
2: insane. I'm not so sure. We may have talked about that last time we were here. So it's just some of the the raw numbers. Um, as of last year, 47% of Division one men's basketball players transfer out within two years. Wow. So literally half of them. I mean, wow. essentially half of mm-hmm. Division One right. men's basketball players are transferring out within two years, and so it, it's. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure "epidemic" is the right word, but I've always said like it's a lot of people want to point the finger at the at the at the the players, the student, mm-hmm. the coach. To me, the coach takes just as much responsibility with that because. Oh, for sure. Um, are you recruit a? Are you recruiting the right guys, both from a style of play standpoint and just like your type of personnel that you're looking yeah, for? Yeah,
1: that meshes um, with you, right? Yeah, yeah, meshes
2: with your coaching staff. What mm-hmm. you want meshes with the the community and and the like. You got to know your lands, the landscape. Um, so it's all of that, but then also looking at like a depth chart. Do You know what I mean? Like, uh, and how are you recruiting this guy? Like, are you telling him like? He's the best thing best since sliced bread. like You know what I mean? Like all sure, of like the, And so it, it, it's really all-encompassing.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Coach, we were also talking about how it seems...
2: Did you get new glasses?
1: I did. I thank, so. you. <laughs> yeah, wow, thank you. Wow. Thank you. So we were talking about how it seems that you kind of like if they were lemons you squeeze all the juice out of these players that you possibly can and you did touch on that a little bit you know with necessity of needing that experience and needing to put them on the court Mm -hmm. right that's what comes but it seems like on and off the court you've really turned these players into leaders and um you talked about you know the three goals that you have with your team to be socially accountable if correct me if i'm wrong um socially accountable, um, athlete, there was something on the court, and no. then there was academically successful or something like that, yeah. right? So
2: academically accountable. Okay, socially responsible. Thank you. And yeah. compete at the national level.
1: Yes, okay. so I want to know what steps, I mean, if you can break it down a little bit, how do you do that with each of these players? I mean, as much as they do mesh together, there's a lot of different personalities. And they have a lot of different interests. I know there's a lot of different um, degrees that they'll be mm. earning too. So yeah,
0: from all over the place, totally, everywhere, you know, different, all different over backgrounds,
1: uh huh, all, all over the, the world, uh huh. How's your Portuguese, by the way?
2: <laughs> uh, uh, no hablo español. Uh, que pasa, calabaza? I'm not sure that's Portuguese. I think that's more Spanish. not quite, but, uh, but I'm
1: sure it sounds. Uh, uh, Diogo <laughs>
2: Brito and uh, uh, that's a good one. That's a good. Namir Schmid uh, Keta. I've got to say, the, your impression. I can say those,
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you did an impression of of of, of Keta yeah. after right winning the championship that was pretty spot on
2: mm-hmm. oh yeah I I'm good. coach 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 <laughs> i got your back coach, coach, get to me the ball get to me the ball uh coach i got you i got you he, he, he's, he's like just, a teddy bear off so the great. court he honestly
1: is. it's so funny to me because on the court you watch him and you're like this has got to be the scariest person to play against like he is just <laughs> intimidating and then after the championship game, I'm just taking footage on the court, and he hugs me. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, you are the sweetest thing off the court. Anyway, It was the
2: funniest thing. And I'll get back to the. But one yeah, of the funniest right. pictures is at the, I think it might have been the press conference yeah. after the championship game. For his feet are sticking through there. That was hilarious. Isn't that but the love best? It. You know, it's interesting. I just did, a, like, an hour and a half podcast, and that's why I was, like, getting over here. But
1: We're shocked um, you talked for that long, by the way. I know. And this guy just <laughs> kept
2: me in check. He kept me dialing <laughs> me back in, but... You know, we were talking about Nimi, and it's, and it's just interesting whether it's Namiush or Brock or especially the young guys to see the, how at certain points, you, like, they just start figuring it out. And Namiush went from being, like, um, I'm not going to say super quiet, but he was pretty pretty reserved and, imagine, you know, he got here, like, school started Monday. He, I think he got here on a Wednesday
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, because that's basically he got cleared the day, you know, whatever, on Monday from the NCA, and then you travel here. But, But anyway... He's always been incredibly appreciative, and obviously he's got this infectious personality. But he, um, you know, he he just went from like like you said, I give you a hug. Like I remember Montana State game, our first home game against Hartford. Like I go right, when when I pull him out of games and I'm talking to him, okay, coach, okay, coach, I got you, and then he'd give me a big bear hug, (laughs) and like you know, you couldn't even see me because he's six (laughs) eleven, you know, like his arms are just you know engulf you. Mm And, and so he's bear hugging you, and he's just, and you just see that this transition where you just start gaining confidence, right. and you know you belong. And now, like, yeah, he's still he gave me a monster bear hug in the locker room, and it's pretty cool when he, you know, he, I love you, coach, and thank you, coach, and th- mm-hmm. and just like, uh, it's pretty powerful. And so, um, so anyway, it's fun to see that evolution, and obviously his enthusiasm, and he loves the. Uh, well, the Nevada game that 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 oh, uh, what that do you call it? Right, that fathead yeah, uh, thing. Oh my so god, so cool! Those arms are just you know going like this. It's like yeah. amazing, and and <laughs> the, the herd of course loves that. I'm so oh, happy oh, yeah. our marketing people are getting all of on that. that. Yeah, really, yeah. Like, yeah. That, that was so big back time, back. and and awesome. so it's fun to see all the students back and engage. But like, you know, when you have kind of um, I want to say char- they're people, but when you have some of that character, we have some characters on our team too. And I think, like, the fans really embrace that. And I think they love that. And he plays with so much emotion. Um, So it's fun to see. But um, going back to the, you know, it's always a work in progress. You know, like, we had a young man going eligible this year. And so that sucks, you know. And it sucks for his sake and just all that. So you you try to cultivate all that stuff the best that you can. Mm -hmm. And you try to put guys in a position to succeed academically you know like and we tell all of our rec- we you're going to be academically accountable, socially responsible and compete at the national level. And that's a lot. But we have high expectations, right? And and it's you're you're you know you're de- you're trying to d- help facilitate developing people in every way shape and form. And so are we perfect? No. Are they are the guys perfect? No. Are we per- there's things I look back on and I regret, you know, I wish I would have did better to help guys be in a better position to succeed. Sure. Communications, everything, um, and and so you can't do it all as a coach. You have you better have a great staff. We have a great staff. You better have great support personnel. You know we have academic mentors, so to speak, and full time academic people, full time athletic trainers, full time strength and conditioning coaches, and those guys never get enough credit. You know to what's going on, and they're pros, pros, and so. Um, we have a great support network all the way around and uh, and it takes all those um, pieces churning in a positive direction and if you're not aligned I'll never forget when we first got hired not only was it a new a new head coach but now you're new three assistants new support staff mm-hmm. and then and I, I don't know if I said this last time but we had a new 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 um, Strength and conditioning coach. Right. Yeah, was, right. he because he went to trainer. Texas. Yes. Right? Yeah, and and so when that happened, I'll never forget this. Um, I think we lost our athletic trainer, who our guys really liked, and then and then and then the like the one of the last I think it was our last lift of the spring a year ago. We lose our strength coach, and I'll never forget. It. He tells the team, and I always remember Sam's head just going like this, Sam Merrill head just went right down mm. and i think it was one of those things where sam like a guy like sam was recruited by Stu Morrell, mm-hmm. serves his mission plays for coach duria plays for us now it's a new athletic trainer now it's a, and it's like you build this trust and you never know how the next person's going to be mm-hmm. so those guys went through a lot like they went through a lot and but fortunately for us like our strength coach and in our um Athletic training trainer, Carl Smith, our athletic trainer, Logan Ogden. He was Mm. made for Utah with a name like Logan (laughs) Ogden. Ogden. Uh, um, But those guys have been, they're they're as good as I've ever been around. And you just, the the amount of hours those guys spend with them when they're injured or in the way, like they spend more time with our strength coach in the Mm. summer than they do our coaching staff. Because we have limitations on the hours that we're with them. Mm -hmm. They have limitations too, but it's a higher limitation. So you better be good in those spots, and you better be speaking the same language. So Mm -hmm. it all kind of encapsulates and comes together. That's the long and the short of it.
1: It's always the long and the short of it. (laughs) And we love it. We're so happy that you've been on today. Congratulations on such a wonderful season and on being the coach of the year. I mean, you are, like I said, the coach of our hearts, so it's only right that the conference gave you the coach of the year. it's incredible to see what you've done with this team, and we are stoked to see what happens next year. Jaden and I are both seniors. Oh, you are? And we, we are graduating this May, but we do count ourselves a little bit accountable for all the success that Utah oh, State Sports good, some has some seen. So that.
2: <laughs> hey, you guys are always positive energy. I you know, feel that the first time I met you guys. Hopefully I can get in here one more time before you guys graduate and you're out of oh, here. Yes. Great. All that. right. And it's you got to wear those deal. shoes. Like, okay. Those are big-time shoes. Thank you,
1: Coach. Thank you so <laughs> much. It's yeah. been great having you on. Everybody, you can um, also download this because you know you want to hear Coach Smith over okay. and over again talk about these things. I know I do. Um, <laughs> Coach, thank you again. Thank this you. has been the SportsPage. I sports page. to retweet your
2: picture. I All right. I forgot to do that. Like, after the game with your... After the uh, when you're holding the championship trophy and the <laughs> yeah. whole, doing the whole deal, uh, we, were talk- we were talking. You had that. one too, did Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. Thank I'm a you. Bit by the way, my Twitter game right now. That's gotta, all right. Gotta, you, you got other things going on. Yeah, my daughter's
1: right. just barely one year old, and she already has that under her belt. That she's been held by the coach of the year. So, thank you, thank you for all of it. It's been a joy working with you, and we'll see you back in the studio soon. Sounds good. This has been this thank you. This has been the Sports Page Out Loud on Aggie Radio 92 fm Thanks for listening today. This is KBLULP, Logan, Utah.